Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Back once again to Six Rings Feed for the Prospect Things version of our podcast. I am Andy Jumbo Hart. He is Chris Shime Time Shime. And today we're going to talk about the tight end position, which has a lot of talent, a lot of depth. Um, I don't know if there's the true elite prospect that we've seen at times over the years, but there is um, the expectation that a solid number of members of this draft class at tight end will be contributors in the NFL, starters, offensive playmakers for a variety of teams. Before we start, we'll look at the Patriots tight end position, as we always do to kick these off. Patriots trade Jonu Smith in the offseason. Yes, somebody wanted Jonu Smith. That was his former coach from the Titans, <laughs> um, who I guess hopes to rekindle whatever magic they had in Tennessee. He's now with the Falcons. Patriots have Hunter Henry as their number one tight end and bring aboard Mike Kosicki from the Dolphins as their number two tight end. He is a um, receiver slash tight end, not going to block much. Interesting guy. Um, who Bill O'Brien actually recruited to Penn State, but never coached him there. They finally meet up a few years later in New England. How big a need do you think tight end is, Chris Scheim, where you have Hunter Henry, who had an off year last year in the Matt Patricia offense, just like everybody else did. I think most people would expect he's going to bounce back and give you Hunter Henry numbers, which is 50. 600 yards and yeah. seven touchdowns. Right. Like, and that's good. It's not worth the 12 and a half million or whatever he makes, but Correct. it's good enough to be a productive member of the offense. Gasicki fell out of favor with Mike McDaniel's offense. He was a guy that was actually on the franchise tag last year in Miami and played less and less as the season wore on, had lows in playing time and production. Um, just what are your expectations for the two they have and how big a need is this for the future? Yeah, look, I mean, both these guys are on the last years of their deal. I, I think tight end is a need. I don't think it's like a super important need, but I think with how good I believe this tight end class is, I think they should take a swing on somebody, not necessarily in the first round, not a pick 14, but if the if the guy you like is there in the second round, go for it. If one of them, one of the top ones falls to the second round, absolutely go for it. Um, but other than that, like, I, I think you should be taking a swing on one of these guys in at least the middle rounds, that third, third round area seems right about uh, perfect for me. So let's start with the top of the prospect list or a guy who I thought was going to be the top of the prospect list um, coming into this draft season, coming out of Notre Dame, Michael Mayer, yep. six, five, two forty nine, four, seven, forty. Um, three-year player. I think he holds basically all the tight end records now at Notre Dame. Really good 
productive player, 180 career catches, couple 60 catch, 800 yards. He is sort of the Hunter Henry of college football, just like a good, solid tight end. Nothing spectacular in terms of the offense for Notre Dame. And my guess is he'll be able to come in the NFL and be a good, solid tight end. The question is, where does that get you drafted? You know, good, solid tight end. For example, TJ Hawkinson went in the top 10 a couple years ago. He's already been traded within his division, hasn't really panned out into a game changer in a league where you do have guys like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle that are game changers at the tight end position. So what are your thoughts on Michael Mayer? What kind of pro will he be and and how valuable is he? Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on when you talk about him kind of being like Hunter Henry. Like he will be solid. He's not going to excel at necessarily anything. Like he's a good run, like a good blocker. He is yep. a good receiver. He is not poor in any of those areas. I just, the, the lack of athleticism here to me is kind of a bummer. Like it's, if he was super athletic, this guy would be a like home run blue chip prospect, but the lack of athleticism, especially the lack of speed, I don't see a ton of explosion out of him. He's good. He is a solid pick. Like if you take him, you're probably not going to be upset that you took him, but I mean, you may be upset where you took him. Well, that's my point is for a while there. I think there was the question is like, is he going to be a top 15 pick? Is like he he's still be getting like... mocked to uh, the green Bay Packers at 15. Right. And I, I wrote good all around tight end lacks elite speed, quickness, and athleticism. Like he's just, he is what he is. And if that's what you're looking for, like, I think, if it doesn't work, it'll be what you expected, not what he brings to the table. Because I yeah. think he's going to bring to the table what he is. Exactly and what you expect, yep. Like, if you say he's going to be one of my third weapons, I think you'll be like, he's a good, solid player for me. He blocks, he does a lot of things that I want to do. If you bring him in and think he's going to be like a, a transformational aspect to your offense, I think you'll forever be regretting the pick and forever be disappointed because that's not who he is. So. Um, he's an interesting prospect. Good, not great. I, I don't think there's anything spectacular. I don't think he'll be a bust. Like he's what, what is it? High floor, low ceiling type prospect yep, kind of guy. Um, next, I think that I want to talk about is sort of, um, the opposite guy and okay. Luke Musgrave out of Oregon state. Ooh, okay. To me, you are drafting an idea because he hasn't played yes. a ton of games, hasn't caught a ton of production. I think 22 catches for 300 yards and a touchdown is his best year, two career TDs. And yet you watch him and you're like, this dude can play like this athletic six foot six, 253 pounds, four, six, one. He is upside. He is a guy that I think you could be wowed by in the NFL if he does what he can potentially do, but has never really done. It's the Anthony Richardson, Trey Lance of tight yeah. ends. Yep. It's just there's very a very, very small sample size of what he can actually do on a football field. But when you look at him, you know, at this, I think he was at the senior bowl. Uh, you look at him in the combine. You look at just as his pure athleticism. It is unquestionably an idea. This is not a guy that's going to go in the first round, but there is limitless upside. We talked about with Mayer, super high floor, relatively low ceiling. This guy is the complete opposite. And that's why I super, brought him up. Super, super low floor, super ridiculously high ceiling. Like, I, I don't want to use this because I feel like this is overstating it, but when you look at the athletic profile, it's like a Gronk level ceiling. 
potential. And yet, and yet, in five years, what do you expect out of him? He's probably got injured too many times and won't get a second contract from whatever team drafts him. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Like, I'm not real. Watching him play, watching the highlights, watching what he can do is exciting. I would be scared to death to take him early. Yeah, that's a team that's if he's sitting there in the third round and you have a pick to just take a swing with, go for it. Like, if you feel really confident in your early picks, if you're a team like the Eagles, where your roster is already really, really good, and he's just sitting there in the third round, screw it. Take the swing. If you're the right. Chiefs, a good football team that doesn't need a lot, need to fill a lot of holes, take the swing in that like early third round, late, even late, late second, I, I think is okay. Uh, but I would be petrified to take that swing. Me too. Uh, another guy that I'm interested in because he is more highly rated than I thought he would be, Dalton Kincaid. Um, yeah. out of Utah, six foot four, 246 pounds, started out at San Diego, high school baseball player, uh, excuse me, basketball player, um, 70 catches, 890 yards and eight touchdowns. So a guy who has production, all American, um, he's a pass catcher. He, he definitely has the ability to catch the football, run after catch, make plays, but there was a, a recent mock draft, your guy Lance Zierlein, and I forget where exactly he has him, but he has him ahead of Mayer. He has him as the first tight end taken, and it was maybe 12. I, I feel like it was ridiculously high, um, and I just don't see that. I, I don't. I, I would not be doing that if I were um, an NFL team, even if I'm in need of a, yeah, a tight Kincaid end. Yeah, Kincaid going 15 to the Green Bay Packers. Okay, 15. Um, so I – that's just too high for me. That's just too rich for my blood, as they say. So I don't know what your thoughts are on him. Yeah, I think Kincaid is really good. The issue here is and NFL teams are going to get themselves all tied up in knots because and, and shout out to Danny Kelly, the ringer. He did this on his uh, NFL uh, draft preview. Like when you look at an NFL comparison for this guy, you don't want to say it because nobody is the same player as him. But at the same time, NFL teams are going to say it. Oh, he reminds me of Travis Kelsey. Right. And that's exactly what NFL teams are going to tell themselves. And I think he'll get overly drafted. I don't think he's going to be Travis Kelsey. I think he could be 65, 70% of Travis Kelsey. Like that might be a good ceiling, like an ex like a relatively fair expectation of a, of a player to go to a good team. Um, but you know, Taking a tight end this early, that early in the draft, that's not, you know, just otherworldly like Kyle Pitts was, is really hard to sell me on. Right. Um, and, and he was really, Kincaid is really productive. I think he's good. Like, th this isn't me saying that he's bad either, that, I, oh, I don't think he should go that high. I think he's really good. I just, I don't know that I would swing that early in the first round on a tight end. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And I also... I love the tight end position in theory. I think we've talked about this running backs, tight ends, yeah. like sort of the athletes, the versatility, but they're also, I think they get overdrafted. I mean, Gronk, well, especially a a one pick. like this, that doesn't block, right? Like he's um, basically a receiver. And, and those guys, I just feel like tight ends get over, you know, George Kittle was he a fourth round pick, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson goes in the top 10, has not lived up to it. He's not no. been a transformational player. As I said, he's already been traded. I just, I think you got to be, even, even Kyle Pitts, there's already kind of rumblings of like, 
Was he overdrafted? What's his value? Now, they need a quarterback, and we'll see what happens. I also think that's some of the design of the offense. They just never throw him the football. So it's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, I think Kincaid's going to get overdrafted and be a solid player. Again, I think that's on you, not him. I think he's going to show up and do what he do. And if you're looking for more, well, that's your problem. Like, yeah, like if he comes out and has a career like Hunter Henry has had where he has 650 yards and seven touchdowns every season – you're pretty happy with that. It's not necessarily where you what you expected when you drafted him in the first round, but right. like that's a solid NFL player. Right. Um, so the next guy who is a solid uh human being. Oh, this is oh. my favorite player. This is my favorite one, please. I'm gonna say his measurables. You're gonna know his name. Six foot seven, two hundred and sixty-four pounds oh, out of Georgia. Darnell Washington, four six four forty. Um, just a really unique human being special special like when you're talking about just build of a dude like he is different and and i don't know what his value is i'm gonna be honest i would love to see him in a patriots uniform i would love to see him in any team's uniform if i'm a fan this dude is a freak um i know early on there was actually some that believed he might be asked at some point to bulk up and become a tackle put on like 30 or 40 pounds and become a, uh, a an athletic tackle. And we've seen that over the years with different guys. But, he, you know, not a ton of production, 28 catches, 454 yards, two touchdowns, only three career touchdowns. He can obviously move people because, you know, as I said, he's six foot seven, 264 pounds. Um, he's just a, a, a big road grader of a blocker when he wants to be more athletic than I think anybody would think he is based on his measurables. Um, I think he has freak potential, absolute freak potential out of doubt. I'm not sure he'll ever realize that potential. No. And I think that's fair. I I think that's, again, this is floor ceiling expectation versus reality conversation with a lot, almost every one of these players. Oh yeah. Um, But I love what Darnell Washington brings to the table. In my opinion, he's my favorite tight end in the draft. I don't think it's even close. Uh, how, I, high? I just, how high would I take him? Yeah. No, how uh, high were would, you when you watched the tape? <laughs> a little bit of both. Uh, no, I would. If I'm the Detroit Lions, I consider taking him at 18. <laughs> wow. that, it, he seems like such a Lionsy pick uh, because he will be a monster in the run game. And you Absolutely. know they want to run the football with Dan Campbell. And then he, and, and I think he would be exceptionally valuable in the red zone. And that's exactly where they would need him. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of compliment to a guy like um, I'm on Ross St. Brown and, and, in a way that a player that Jared Goff doesn't necessarily have right now on that roster. The, the issue is, is I don't know how much that team necessarily values tight end trading away Hawkinson and playing like Shane Zilstra for half right. the season. And he had three touchdowns in a game. Like, so I, I don't know, but like, I just think the fit would be freaking awesome. I think that would be like the perfect spot for a guy like him or even a team like Philadelphia, who, as we've seen all season, just wants to be bullies. Like you have this guy and Dallas, uh, Dallas Goddard, I think is an unbelievable tight end com- combination to go with AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. And then you're not asking a ton out of him when it comes to offensive production right away. You're being like, all right, your primary focus here is short yardage, blocking situations but then also we're going to run some funky stuff with you and i think that's where he finds a niche and then could evolve into something that ends up being really good so you know too many years covering bill belichick back when i used to trust and believe the things he said when he wasn't (laughs) running around bragging about his last 25 years and contradicting everything he ever said um you know he used to talk about second round is 
first round talent that for whatever reason doesn't check all the boxes and to me washington is the perfect second round pick because you it's hard to justify draw if he is just a blocking tight end essentially you can't justify that in the first round you just can't that's fair um but he's not just that like there's potential to be more than that i think he is a dream second round pick for somebody where if you hit you got a ridiculous second round pick if you don't I think he can be on your team for four years and then you re-sign him and he's on your team for six years. And you're like, oh, that was a good solid draft pick. Like, I don't, I don't think he has bust potential because I no. think at worst, he's a big bruising blocker, tight end, like part of your team. Like, you want to know where I think what I think might happen with Darnell is a team like, let's use this team, uh, the Buffalo Bills, looks at the draft board at 27, doesn't love what they see, trades down seven to eight, nine spots into that top 10 of the second round sees Darnell Washington sitting on the table and goes, okay, I like this. Let's add him to the, let's add him to this ridiculously good roster. And right. A good roster and a team. Like, I don't hate the idea that has always wanted to run the ball. Maybe hasn't done as successfully as they have. He'll help there. Give a red zone target to Josh Allen, a unique weapon to give to Josh Allen, a guy that can leak out for Josh Allen in certain plays. Like there's definitely, I don't hate it, but if you get him in the second round, I think you you're intrigued by what you got and you could very happy value in a year and a half or two years, like the value you got out of that. Okay. Um, So let's go to, let's go Tucker craft out of South Dakota state. Um, Six foot five, 254 pounds, 67 catches for 773 yards and six touchdowns in 2021. Um, Typical of some of these like smaller schools, lower level schools. He was a high school QB, running back, linebacker, kind of an athlete. Then he gets to South Dakota um, where he bulks up. He was also a basketball player. Um, He's definitely a combo tight end. Like he has the upside to do it all at the position you're looking for. Uh, 46940, run after catch ability, good hands. I think this guy is a ridiculously solid day two pick and a guy that I could see. If the Patriots are looking to invest at that point, this is a guy, Pat Fryermouth, Fryermuth, however the hell you say his Fryermuth. name, um, comparisons. I think he is a a potential upside guy that may would make a lot of sense for the Patriots. Yeah, and and it, you're right. He's the perfect kind of guy that can kind of do both things. I, I think he needs to vat. I think he needs to improve in both of those areas when it comes to receiving and in blocking. I think he kind of gets caught up a lot of the times blocking way too high and just gets manhandled. Uh, and then I, I think playing for a school like South Dakota State, it, it doesn't necessarily lend to the most uh, diverse route tree. For right. a guy like him, uh, so there would take needs to be some evolution. But like for the Patriots to draft a guy, you're not playing right away. You're behind Mike Gesicki and Hunter Henry. You have time to learn those things and get better. And and I think that would be a very viable situation for sure. Okay, I'll let you pick now a name that's still on the board. Go ahead. Uh yeah, let's go to uh, Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Oh, we've nice. already talked. We've already talked about two Iowa tight ends on this podcast, being uh, George Kittle and T.J. Hawkinson. One way over exceeded his expectations. The other didn't necessarily live up to expectations. Nope. Uh, I think Sam Laporta could be in the uh, uh, prior of the two categories here because I don't think you're going to overdraft him. I don't George think he's... Kittle comparison. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm saying over exceed expectations, that okay. category, just because 
I, I don't think he's going to get overdrafted. He feels to me a late third, early fourth round pick. I think he's a really good receiver. He reminded me a lot of like uh, uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler Higby, kind of Tyler Eifert kind of when he was healthy tight end where he was a pretty good receiver. He's a fine blocker. He's nothing, not going to blow you away, but like he can do it. I guess he probably needs to improve a lot, uh, but I, I think there's a lot of upside in the receiving game there. Uh, and there's an opportunity for a kid who, who's pretty athletic, runs a four, six nine, or four, five, nine, sorry, 40. He's six foot three, 245 pounds. Uh, I, I like the player. See, I was intrigued by him based on his numbers. And to me, he was more productive than he has potential to be NFL productive. Like, I don't think the number, I think the numbers are a little misleading. I just don't see any wow. Like that's a fine 40 time, but I didn't see any wow to his speed, his quickness, his athleticism. Like to me, it was just a very blah guy. And, And I don't mean that disrespectfully. He, he very much fit in. And as I said, he caught whatever 150 something, passes for Iowa like that's that's good production probably haven't gone back and looked I bet you had better production than those other guys um probably and especially going to Iowa right so but I just I'm not sure that production is going to make the leap he's he's a solid blocker solid all-around guy um I think he's always going to be a two slash three tight end in the NFL I don't think he has much more than that um but you're right. As a mid-round guy, Iowa, the history of the position at Iowa, Belichick, Kirk Ferentz relationship. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I need to talk about the next guy on my list. Okay. Because the guy he reminded me of is very interesting as it pertains to WEEI. Oh. Uh, Davis Allen out of Clemson. Okay. Six, foot six, two hundred forty-five pounds, four eight four forty. Three-year player. Um, I think 39 catches, 440 yards, five touchdowns last year was described in the scouting report. I read as the human vacuum, which is important (laughs) because he doesn't. uh, And that doesn't mean he sucks, by the way. It means he hauls in everything that comes his way. He sucks the ball in. Correct. Uh, You never know. You could take that either way. Um, Not a lot of separation. He reminded me of a young Christian Fourier. Oh, really? Yep. When I saw it, like I had flashbacks. I was like, that kind of looks like Fourier from what I remember when he arrived in New England. And Christian was a very productive, solid tight end. I know we like to bust his balls a lot and talk about Vrabel coming in and stealing his touchdowns (laughs) and all those things. That's fun. Christian was a good, solid tight end. And I think Davis Allen is a good, solid tight end. Um, He can get the football. Like, I don't ever think you're going to be like, wow, he blew by that guy and he's wide open and that crazy athletic play. But I think this is another guy that could be a good solid two slash three for a while in the National Football League. Okay, uh, I did not. I'll be honest; I did not watch any Davis Allen, uh, so I was uh, was not prepared for that one. But uh, I will. Uh, I will take your word for it. Christian Fourier. Okay, uh, I would like to propose the next guy we talk about. Okay, what you got? Uh, I think he might be could be the steal of the tight end draft. Can I guess? Yes. Josh Wiley, Cincinnati. No. Damn it. Uh, that would be tight end Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion. Oh, okay. Uh, this you sure kid that's Kuntz? Is, yes, I believe it's Kuntz. I, w- I w- won't ask you to say it the other way. Uh, yeah, I won't, say, I won't say it the other way. I like my job. Thank you. Not uh, just your job. Usually um, moms and wives and girlfriends and sisters and sure. pretty much nobody approves of that word. Yeah, unless we're in England, nobody approves of that word. Uh, 
So this kid was number 11 on Bruce Feldman's freak list. We talked about another guy earlier who was number 69 on the list. Didn't show up at the combine. This guy, number 11, absolutely showed up at the combine. He ran in the 93rd percentile for his 40-yard dash, which he ran a 4.5540. He was in the 94th percentile for the short shuttle, 99th percentile for the vertical jump, uh, the 92nd percentile for the three-cone, the 88th percentile for his 10-yard split of his 40-yard dash, the 98th for the broad jump, 97th wingspan. Like, this kid has all of the measurables and athleticism upside that you could possibly want. Again, this is another player that is more like Luke Musgrave where it's like, Oh my God, like the, the possibilities with this player are endless. But again, he went to old dominion. Like the production was good, but it wasn't amazing. It's not going to blow off the list. He only played five games in 2022 and had 144 yards but that's why you're going to get him in the seventh round or maybe even undrafted. I think he, if you take a seventh round pick on this kid, I think he could end up being a full-time NFL starter in his career uh, and be a productive player on your team. Yeah. As you were going through all his numbers, I was going to ask, uh, does he play football? <laughs> how, how, how is he on the football field? Is he a good football player? What, what, again, what? it's more theory than it is product. But again, you, to take a swing on a guy like Zach Kuntz in the seventh round is way more manageable and and, and, and okay on just a theoretical basis than it is for a guy like Luke, Luke Musgrave in the second round. Like, I'm way more comfortable taking a swing and completely missing in the seventh than I am in the second. Right. Uh, so my guy, Josh Wiley, who I brought up and predict, predicted, projected uh six yep. foot seven 248 pounds four six nine forty um three years of 25 plus catches nothing spectacular in terms of production but sort of consistent okay production for cincinnati um he can absolutely catch the football he's not going to be much of a blocker from what i saw um just sort of get in the way kind of guy uh he runs well after the catch he's just really really smooth and when you combine smooth with six seven that's a security blanket. The guy that can catch the football at that size, who has done it relatively consistently at a relatively high level of football for Cincinnati. Um, I think he's an intriguing later round prospect for a team looking for a just a developmental third tight end extra body that maybe can be more than that. Plus, his name's Wiley. Wiley Coyote is all I could think <laughs> of. So, um, yeah, he's an interesting guy. Any other guys you want to talk about before we uh, wrap up the tight end position? Yeah, I think we can just mention one uh, just because he was just at Alabama last year with Bill O'Brien, and that'd be Cameron Latu. Yep. Um, He had 25 catches for 322 yards and three touchdowns in 10 games. Uh, Decent blocker, nothing special. Didn't really kind of give up many pressures or anything when he was there. Relatively soft hands, though. I think there's some upside there. Again, it's a player that Bill O'Brien is familiar with, so I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots were like, oh, seventh-round pick? Okay, we'll just pick up this guy. Bill knows him. He's comfortable with him. We can roll with that. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. A little bit of production, as you said, a couple 25 to 30 catch-type seasons over the last couple of years with Bill O'Brien. Um, he He's really skinny. That was the first thing I noticed, like skinny legs, kind of yeah. a lean, leaner build from the tight end position. I know reading some of the scouting reports, there was talk of because his hands look good. And then you're like reading about some focus drops, maybe a little bit. Um, but again, that's that's part of the development. There's been a lot of guys fumbles, drops, 
Like those are things that you'd be surprised when you go back and read some star players who dealt with one of those two things, a running back that fumbled, a, a guy who couldn't The perfect catch. example of this was uh, before Jamar Chase's rookie year, everybody was so worried because he was dropping everything. Right. And then the kid was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. So I definitely am a believer that you can kind of coach that up. I don't know if you go from questionable hands to the greatest hands of all time, but you can go to more than good enough hands. And, yep. you know, a guy like Julian Edelman is proof. He dropped a lot of balls, but he caught the ball when it mattered. He made plays when it mattered. You can kind of balance that out. I, Terrell Owens, I always thought, dropped yep. a lot of footballs. And guess what? He's one of the best receivers in the history of the National Football League because of the 100%. ones he didn't drop and the plays he made when he did catch it when it mattered. Um, so I, I think he's an interesting guy to keep an eye on. And as you said, the Alabama connection, and especially with Bill O'Brien, the direct connection, as 100%. a value developmental third tight end, which this team's going to be looking for. And this team has struggled with that's why they got into the John U. Smith, Hunter Henry have to buy $25 million worth of tight ends because Asiasi and keen. And those guys didn't work out over the years. I think they'd like to revisit that now in the mid rounds and get yep. like one of these guys, these developmental late day two, day three type tight ends um, to add to the mix. So pick one guy, pick one guy for the Patriots to be a tight end on draft weekend um i'll go with uh i'm gonna go with sam laporta i think they'll take a swing on a guy like that the iowa connection i think is real uh and they could probably get him in the fourth fourth ish round i'm gonna go so i don't know what they're looking for if they want a blocking tight end they could go Payne durham out of purdue um because the big blocking tight end who used to play high school lacrosse, and we know Bill will like that as oh, he yeah. loses his mind later in his career here throughout the process. Uh, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with my guy Wiley. I think he's an intriguing okay. kind of combo tight end. You can develop into a little bit of a blocker, but runs well enough after the catch. You can make some plays in the passing game. So I'll go Wiley as my guy. But that's gonna put the wraps on another six rings and prospect things podcast, giving you nearly a half hour breakdown of the tight end position in terms of the National Football League draft this April and the Patriots' perspective as they look to maybe add some depth and some long-term developmental options behind Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. For Chris Shime, Time Shime, I am Jumbo Hart. We will be back as we continue to weave our way through. We still have on the board defensive tackle, defensive end, linebacker, offensive line, quarterback, could be an interesting one, oh, all yeah. in the coming weeks here on Six Rings and Prospect Things. For now, peace out. See ya. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus